up, Oasis hey. people? Let's go back in the podcast studio after a week of change. What do you call that dance? Uh, it's the they call it, the young people call it the gritty. It's, no, it's called it's called it's called the Kirko chains. The Kirko chains. Smoking like a true Viking believer. Oh good. my god! Welcome back to the podcast, Ben. You know it's good to be back. I feel like home. I feel like I've been just welcomed home really well. Awesome. Good. Yeah, it's good. Miss you guys. You took a trip to New York last Miss year, guys. last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was, that was a trip. World traveler. Just a renaissance man. So we're glad to have a, another featured <laughs> another featured guest this week. By the name of Ben Geetson. Okay, up? we're talking about uh, being ready for marriage. We're going to get into that in a second. But what is something you were not ready for? <laughs> <laughs> we planned that while Brennan was out in the room. <laughs> what is something you are not ready for? For those listening, Ben just reached over and pulled the lever on Brennan's chair so it lowered. Yeah. You still miss me? <laughs> yes, I'm glad you're here. Brennan wasn't ready for Don't it. Don't touch my chair. <laughs> What's something you guys aren't have are in your past life in your life? What is something you feel like you were not ready for, but yet it mm. happened to you? Are you doing something lighthearted and, yeah, and funny, or are you funny? going like? No, you do what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, who's going first? Okay, I was not ready for a middle schooler to ask me oh. in a sermon what pornography is while you were preaching. No, I wasn't preaching. Oh. I was sitting next to oh, well, the porno- oh, oh, while somebody was. else was preaching. <laughs> what pornography is, and in the same message, what circumcision was. Oh, yeah. I was not ready. That's I real. didn't know how to process <laughs> what to do. Middle schoolers <laughs> be asking. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no shame. No, which is awesome. Yeah. It was probably the best place to ask, too. But yeah. That means comfortability. There's trust. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready. What'd you say again? Hmm? How did you answer? Did you explain? Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I said. <laughs> Well, we've had. You yeah. said pornography is the wallpaper of our society. <laughs> I think I said something like pornography was like looking at inappropriate stuff online. You didn't go. You didn't go. <laughs> I didn't go too in depth because obviously they didn't know very much. Yeah. yeah. And I think for circumcision, I said it was like an Old Testament practice of like being committed to God. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> she swerved that one completely. Well, it was like That's it. Like the person true. was preaching, yeah. and I was like, "We can't do this I, right I now." I was like, "I don't have time." You pulled out to your un- phone. You said, "Let me get this diagram real quick." <laughs> you didn't go. <laughs> You didn't go Amy Poehler on it for Parks and I don't. I can't explain pornography, but I know it when I, I see it. I know it when I see it. Oh, goodness. For me, Yikes. the thing I was not ready for is today in Brookings, it, it snowed. Yeah. And last week, what was it? Friday, Saturday? It snowed. Yeah, but it was, it was like the little rain, flurries and it, and it didn't stay on the ground. Yeah. Today, it, it actually it snowed. snowed. It's less than an inch and it's already melted on most roads that are getting mm-hmm. driven on, but it is in the grass and it has made white. the green ga- grass d- uh, disappear. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it is, it's here, and uh, I don't think I'm ready for it. Yeah. Like I'm a big, like, okay, December 24th, it, it wants to do this? No. Fine. No, Same. no snow ever, please. November I'd be fine 15th? With that. No. That's not it. Yeah. yeah. We had the world's most gorgeous October. The fall. The yeah. Just to get absolutely smacked in November. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. cold this week, which is okay. It's okay. Like, it was like... Sweeten it up before they just destroyed us. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Sour Patch Kid style. <laughs> I was not ready. Then what about you? As I get older, um, this <laughs> oh, happens to me more and more, I'm and I'm never ready for it. Oh, boy. But any time that I fart and poop comes out. <laughs> oh, it's no. It's happening more and more. No, my it stomach, hasn't. My stomach <laughs> is not. more and more. My stomach has not been able to handle cheese over the last like six months to a year as much as I used to be. So it's like now it's, I have to be careful. I have to go to the bathroom if I want to fart because I don't know if something else is going to come out. I'm dead serious. 
Wow. It's awful. Wow. I'm old. only 35. <laughs> <laughs> like this is, I'm, that I'm, is not bode well like for your 65 left, year old. Well, that's why I've, t- I'm, 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 that's why I've laid out over the last five years since you guys have known, four years since you guys know me laid out. I'm going to have an er- early death. Yeah. So you guys, you better just decay or way faster than everybody else. <laughs> this guy's going to be depends. Reverse de- Benjamin Buttons. He's going to be depends by 40. <laughs> Well, I might need them now by 40. <laughs> I don't have oh, any. That is oh, tough. Oh, man. it's hard. It's it's tough. Wow. Because it's unexpected. You're not ready for yeah, it. Right. And here's the thing. The people have said they've never sharded. Stop. You have. <laughs> Everyone's done it. By accident, in sickness, whatever. You've done it. As you get older, you just got to be more careful. Oh, there you go. That's good. That's good wisdom. Thank you for yeah, opening us. Drop in the way. comments if you were late. Yeah. <laughs> How many Please. times have you guys done it this way? Let us know. <laughs> All right, derailed very. Fast. We got it. We got to fix this. We got to fix this. So we are going to do a relationship series in the spring. We're doing it a little bit different. It's going to be called XOXO, and we're going to talk. Uh, that's s- that's smart. Yeah, it's good. Some <laughs> romantic stuff, but also some friendship, some family relationship stuff. So it's going to be a little bit more than just a romantic dating series. But we we wanted to swing around and hit this topic. Because we haven't talked about it in a set. We haven't yeah. talked about um, romantic relationships in a little bit. So we're going to address today the specific question, am I ready for marriage? And we get this question a lot of times from dating couples who are thinking about future decisions. And we have said a thousand times on the podcast or at Oasis in person that we believe dating is for the purpose of pursuing marriage. And so in the natural rhythm of dating, this question should come up. If, mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then we would... I mean, it depends on what age you are. You know, if you're like a 14-year-old and you've been dating for <laughs> two years, we would maybe say you shouldn't be dating. But uh, at that point, it's like, maybe you shouldn't be thinking about yeah, ready we're, for we're marriage. Super, yeah, we're super against high school dating relationships. They never work out. Yeah, I'm not super against it, but <laughs> I, I would advise, I started dating my wife as a senior, but I would advise against it in most situations. So anyways, <laughs> but as in the natural progression of dating, you yeah. should be progressing towards marriage that's even. ideally the mm-hmm. question you're asking yes yeah. so this is the question you should be asking but even though it's a good question to ask it can be a confusing one mm-hmm. right because it's like with anything when you say am i ready yeah yeah the the joking semi-serious answer is no no you're not <laughs> right and that's okay when i got yeah. married i was not ready <laughs> you <laughs> like, thought you were ready in some ways. And in some ways I was. Yes. 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 You know, but That's to good. answer That's this good. question confidently to say, am I ready? Like your answer is never going to be yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot say 100% confidently you are ready for all the challenges and the struggles and the hardships that marriage will throw at you. Yep. Yeah. You're not ready for that. You'll, you never will be. But that's where we're going to come into this question and we're going to talk about what it looks like to be ready enough. What That's it looks good. like to have some so some questions answered, to have some boxes checked to show, okay, I'm not 100% ready, but I'm ready enough yeah. to pursue that next step of marriage. It's kind of like the same thing with parenting, you know? Yeah, I mean, whether it's the first kid or the fourth. <laughs> but, but seriously, I have a lot of friends who are currently um, getting pregnant, having babies, different things, and I keep sitting back thinking, I will never be ready nope. for this. <laughs> no, I, I won't. I, won't. I haven't even held any of their kids. Like, there's been some times they've been you've like, you've held Otis when he was a baby. You forced me. Yep. 100%. We were in the office. <laughs> and he said, here, hold my kid. Yes. And I was like, oh, and it, he was hot. And like, you could tell he was uncomfortable. And I was probably a little no, uncomfortable. No, babies are doesn't like know cats. if they're uncomfortable. They know he was, squir- like he was squirming. <laughs> I wouldn't, li- I liked him. I love Otis. Otis is I love him. Yeah. But babies are just, I'm not there yet. It's going to happen the next one too. So be ready. Yeah. So we have uh, three slash four checks that we would say, categories that we would say, these are things you should be evaluating and answering as you answer the question, am I ready for marriage? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Kick, yeah, number one, yeah. character development. Just who you are as a person, what you do as a person. Are you the person that you need to be uh, to be able to get married? Yeah. Is, is kind of the question that we would ask. So it's character flows from just who you are as a person. We would say that character is best formed in connection and relationship with Jesus. Yep. So if identity... Or understanding and recognizing, man, I'm a son and daughter of God, is what I'm doing reflect that? And yep. how am I pursuing those things? So character, best form through connection with Jesus. By faithfully following Jesus, especially the things I know I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. simple, small, obedient things that I know I'm supposed to do. Am I pursuing him personally in community, uh, becoming more like him in character and competency, stuff like that. And then, I mean, the obvious one is just sin. Yeah. Like what sin, struggles, things like that are present in your life that you need to be dealing with, that you need to seek transformation, healing, confession, like are these questions things that you're thinking about? Yeah, I want to kind of break a couple of these questions down even a little bit. Like the first one where we say, are you a faithful Jesus follower? If someone's sitting there Mm -hmm. listening thinking, yes, question mark, or they're like, (laughs) I think so, or like what would we say is uh, the mark of a faithful Jesus follower where they could confidently Mm -hmm. answer this question? Yeah, that, that, uh, that, that I, my character is good there. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were asking oh, him. So oh, it doesn't matter. Waiting. Whoever <laughs> you were looking at him, so oh, I'm, I'm like... tossing it up. It's <laughs> this. I'm gonna hit your chair again. No. <laughs> All right, the question. What are Ask the? It again. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's my fault. If you're a, f- we're asking the question. The first thing that we would say in your character development mm-hmm. before you're ready to get married is you need to be a faithful follower of Jesus. How does someone listening know if they've right. accomplished that or not? Yeah, a big way to check, and we've talked about this before, is is the Holy Spirit present in your life. Mm. Um, and so ways that you can kind of see that is, are the fruits of the Spirit appearing in your life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, yeah. gentleness, and self-control. Are those being produced in your life? Are you seeing those fruits in um, who you are as a person, how you interact with people, how you interact in the world? Yeah. And then the second question we said is, are you actively pursuing him both personally That's, and communally? Mm-hmm. That to me is a big check yeah. mark on how do I know if I'm being a faithful follower of Jesus? Yeah. Am I actually pursuing my relationship with him individually? Mm-hmm. Right. What does it look like individually in my own relationship with God, but also community, which is an, like a command. Yeah. yeah. Obedience to like, Hey, we do not give up gathering together. Like, mm-hmm. am I doing that? Mm-hmm. I remember I, I, two, three years ago, I don't remember exactly which year it was. It was probably three years ago at this point, there was a message I was preaching on dating. And I said, and I still will stick to this, that I would not encourage you to date someone who's not actively involved in a small group. That is. That, I know it's a hot take. take. I know yeah. it's a hot take. Yeah. But like, if you take your discipleship I seriously, I think it's a. Yeah. If you truly want to become like Jesus, yeah. it's not just about your personal pursuit or your corporate pursuit. Like, it's not just Sunday nights or yeah. Monday, Tuesday mornings. Yeah. Like, it's am I willing to walk alongside other believers to help them mm-hmm. shape me and me shape them? I, and the yeah. best way that happens is in small groups. And I understand there's a lot of reasons someone yeah. might not be in a small group. Yep. But, and I would sit and I would hear them out. That's why it's not like a be all end all. It's not a black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for a good starting place, yes. if you're trying to pursue a Christian relationship or if you're sitting back thinking, am I a faithful follower of Jesus, but you've never taken steps to find community and to live in like a, a, a Bible centered group, like a small group, yeah. to me, it's like, that's a red flag for me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. what? Especially if you have the time. That's where discernment. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, and I get no, some people good. don't have the time, but yep. then it becomes down to priorities. Yeah, like, what are you choosing to give that. your time to? Yep. So then when you look at your faithful following of Jesus, like, if he's the sixth, seventh priority on your Tuesday nights, yep. then it's like, are you faithfully following him? That's a good question. Uh, good question. The other one that I really want to dive into is what sin or struggles are present in your life that maybe mm-hmm. need to get dealt with? I think this is a, 
an interesting part of the com- character development because we'll talk in a second that in each of these areas, when it comes to the fruit of the spirit of First Corinthians passage we're about to read, the goal isn't perfection. Well, the goal is perfection, but the reality is you won't be perfect in order to get married. Like you're trying to pursue this reality. You're yeah. trying to pursue being like Christ, but you won't be perfectly like Christ. And if that's your mark, you won't ever get married because you're not going to quite reach it. But what are the like, what is maybe a sin struggle or like uh, uh, something that's glaring that should be dealt with before maybe pursuing marriage? Is there things we'd we'd toss out as examples or a blanket statement that would help guide people in that? Yeah, I'm actually going to go to um, the first Peter text. Okay. On, yeah. I should have had it. You guys can talk first if you want, but I'm going to pull it up here real quick. <laughs> I don't know where he's exactly going yeah. with this, but uh, I would say, like, uh, there's some things that got it. are Sorry. maybe addictive, some things that are really strong, strongholds in people's lives, alcoholism, pornography addiction, um, s- severe, uh, like negative thinking patterns not in the sense of like the medical side like we've talked about before but if someone isn't able to live in the freedom and the joy that jesus has has called them to um and they haven't personally made those choices like those are red flags to me where it's like okay you maybe should deal with those things before you decide that marriage is the next step for you that's good yeah Yeah. the the big ones yeah big i mean really big glaring things where it's like okay you're you're not over that Mm -hmm. um and to step into marriage, you really want to be at your best sense of health because yeah. that's how you want to come into marriage. And so maybe you take six months to a year to really rid yourself of that sin and you do everything possible to get rid of that sin so that you're ready to step into marriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. You gonna- I mean, just First uh, Peter 2, rid yourselves of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Yeah. And just the idea of that in my head is, if do I hate people? Hmm. Like, do I, and it's not, I don't like being around people all the time. It's not an introvert extrovert thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, do I actually disdain people? Mm. Cause there are mm. people who's just like, they think they can be married and, and be intimate relationship, not just in marriage, but just in friendship. But like, you really don't like people. So it's an aspect of just checking that in your own self. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I think about that a lot with people. I know it's expect for guys. This is a thing. Like, I just don't like being, I don't like people. Mm. I like being around people. And it's not mm-hmm. even, a, it's just, uh, how are you going to like being, that's going to seep into your marriage. Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah. So that's something I think through. And that's maybe just a recent one because of a relationship I have with someone. But Yeah. And yeah. the first Corinthians 13 text is commonly referred to as like <clears throat> the love passage. It's yeah. where Paul breaks down what love looks like. It's used a lot of times in weddings. But when you look at that passage, it can be read at, read at weddings because pastors will point to, to that as what it looks like to love and to care for your spouse. So... Mm-hmm. Things from there that we would say, you should be checking. Does your life resemble these things? Are you patient? Are you kind? Do you struggle with envy or boastfulness or pride? Are you honoring and serving other people? Are you slow to anger and quick to forgive? Do you protect? Are you trustworthy? Are you hope-filled? And are you willing to fight for the relationship? Like if those things are areas you're focused on and growing in, even though you're not perfect, it's like, yeah, character, you're there. But if you're like, oh man, I'm really quick to anger and I haven't dealt with it, yep. maybe it's time to take time to deal with it before you step into this covenant relationship. Yeah. yeah. Any other thing character-wise before we jump to the next one? All right. I Again, so. I think just yeah. to, it needs to be reiterated. It's not perfection in these things. Yes. Yeah. It's in my pursuit. It's pursuit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the most important piece maybe in the three or four that we'll lay out. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's there re- Well, there's a reality in like, Self-care is so stinking important, especially 
like just in general. Yeah. But like, so if I'm not pursuing what Jesus desires for me to pursue, if I'm mm-hmm. not setting myself up to grow in character of Jesus, mm-hmm. it's like, that's a self-care thing. Yeah. I, it, and and yeah. self-care may not be the right language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just if I'm not pursuing holistic health in general, especially spiritual health, yeah. it's like yeah. that's going to, again, affect my marriage or my relationship. Well, and the, the piece why I say character is maybe the most important out of all of them is because you get to this, you get into some of the nuanced questions that people will ask where it's like, well, am I ready to live with someone? It's like, oh, if you're a person of high character, you can live with someone. Mm-hmm. Like, am I ready to to love and to care and to serve someone all the time? Like, they're going to be there 100% of the time, 24-7. Like, if you're a person of high character, you'll learn. You know, like, mm-hmm. when I step into marriage, I know there's going to be flaws and hardships. I know there's going to be things I'm not good at. But I'm willing through my pursuit of Jesus That's to good. get better at those mm-hmm. things. So it's the character piece is so, so key because if your connection to Jesus is vibrant, your marriage will, will follow that, even yeah. through some of the hardship stuff. Yeah. yeah. Number two, we would say is community affirmation. Let yeah. dive into that. Yeah. So the second piece of, to answer the question, are you ready for marriage, is do you have a community affirmation that you are? Um, so does your community support that you are a person who's ready to be married? Yeah. Um, so have you asked your parents, your friends, your pastors, or other key people in your life about what they see in your character, about who they see you are as a person? And do they affirm and say, yeah, you are a person mm. who's ready to be married? Um but then also, if you're in a dating relationship, you can take that a step further and ask that of the person you're with. But then also, if you've dated in community and with friends who've been around you or mentors who are familiar with both of you, they can even answer that question a little bit more intentionally because they know both of you. Yeah. Um, and so dating community can be a huge benefit to you when you're oh, trying yeah. to answer this question because the people around you, they know you, they know your significant other, they know how you interact with each other, how you love and care for each other or don't. Um and, and so the, the answers that they can give in this, whether it's a yes or a no, can be really enlightening. If they um, say no, obviously, like, you need to wade into that. If there's an uncertainty, like a, I'm not sure, yes or no, yeah. like, that, that should be a red flag yeah. to stop and say and to ask questions and to probe into that and to even wrestle with um, maybe what some of their answers are. Um, and like we already said, like, communal living living is a command of God that yeah. we're not to live alone. And we see that modeled in people all throughout scripture from, from how God created mankind with Adam and Eve to even um, King David and Jesus set that example. And, and all of these people throughout the new Testament of how communal living is so key yep. to continual pursuit of faith and to even building up our character. Um, and so live in community and, and allow that to then speak into this question of whether or not you're actually ready to be married. Yeah, that's good. And when we're talking about living or dating in community, I think that can get vague for some people. They're like, ah, how do I do that? What would you say Mm -hmm. is like, how can someone right now evaluate, have I dated in community Mm -hmm. or how could I date in community? Yeah. Do your friends know your significant other? Mm. Um, Have you spent time with that? Do you hang out together in group settings yeah. where the people in your life, especially the ones you trust who can mm-hmm. speak. Um, we can't Netflix and chill when all the other guys are exactly. around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but can you have your friends over to, to play games together and they see how you interact and, and are you um, disingenuous mm. then when your community is around, do you treat your significant other differently? Yeah. Um, are you a different around. person? Are you a different yeah. person? Which is, to yeah. me is one of the biggest hesitations that people don't want to date in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because mm-hmm. they don't want their friend who, who know them well to realize, oh, I do act different in front of this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like here, one of the biggest things for me and Abby, 
at least for me, in dating and community is my friends noticed because I had interest in other girls before I started dating Abby. Mm. But I acted different around those other girls when I was with my friends. Mm. There was a freedom of myself when I started really dating Abby that they, like my friends noticed, you are more yourself around this girl than any other girl you've shown interest mm-hmm. in. And that I couldn't have done that if we didn't if spend you time together. Yeah. If we didn't be intentional and in being with both friend groups. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, and for, for me, I actually, I remember a moment where Allie called me out on it because I didn't even know that I was, I was actually more authentic with her than I was with some of mm. my friends. Yeah. Mm. Um, and these were friends who didn't know Jesus. And so I, I had changed who I was and was changing consistently who I was in Christ. And they were wrestling with that too, but she would get around me where I was around some of them and I would talk different or act yeah. different or like, and she would, and she, we would get alone and she's like, what, what was that? <laughs> right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you were just different. Mm-hmm. And it was a red flag for me on how I interacted with that community and it can go vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. it happens in both ways, yeah. but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, date yeah. in community. That's really good. If you're not dating in community, that's a red flag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. like if you don't have if you anybody only spend time with each other mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Super. And you yeah. don't have anybody that can actually confidently say yes or no to that. That's, that's, that's a good. red flag to us. You yeah. should have those people and start like start right now dating in community. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the hard part is like when people have a desire to get married or to do anything, they're going to do everything possible to make that desire come to fruition. Yeah. Mm. We, there's a quote out there who, I don't remember who it is. But they say, when I want something the most, I trust myself the least because we'll yeah. do anything possible to to rearrange and to skew the data and to make it look like this is the right option because that's what we want to do. So here the tendency is, okay, I'm asking for community support, but I'm only asking the people who I know will affirm my position and my decision. Mm. So we'll go to friends, we'll go to certain family members, we'll ask and we'll say, hey, you think I'm ready for marriage? But you you know, based on who they are and their personality, that you'll, they'll tell you yes, regardless. Mm-hmm. So you, you intentionally avoid maybe the friend who, who speaks honest truth that you don't like yeah. or the parent who you're like, I know they have hesitations about me or this relationship. And so you just don't ask that parent. Mm-hmm. Um, what would we say about something like that? How, do, how does someone mm-hmm. process through that? Why would that be unhealthy? Those things. Why would it be unhealthy to only get affirmation from people who you Well, they probably with? aren't able to sit back and think, oh, I'm purposely trying to only get affirmation. Okay. So we asked the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get what the actual question was because I well, agree it's just with like what you're saying. The struggle of like why that's so difficult is because you need those people in your life who will tell you hard truth. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of people lack that. Okay, so that's what's hard is that people just lack it. They lack it or they avoid it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have someone who speaks hard truth, but then you call them judgmental and you cut them off from your yeah. your, your relationship. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that time and time again. Someone has said something in love to a Christian brother and sister, but then we cut them off and say, "Well, just because what you said, I didn't, I didn't like it, didn't, I didn't agree with it." Yeah. So it's not that those people don't exist. Yeah. They get mm-hmm. phased out very quickly in the relational process because they're truth speakers, yeah. and we don't like hearing truth. Yeah. So I think it's an even greater red flag that it's, if yeah. if you mm-hmm. don't have yeah. those people in your life, because there's a good chance you either have never sought out true, authentic criticism yeah. and feedback. Mm-hmm. Or you phased out the people who yeah. ever gave it to you. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Third one? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Third one, relationship clarity. Why don't you go for that? Yeah. I think this is, we say the whole purpose of dating is to lead toward marriage. And we we define it, which Ben Stewart defines it this way, of dating is for evaluation. Mm. And some of the evaluation that you're doing, at least aspects of it, are to recognize and see, okay, does this relationship work? Can it? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I What am I evaluating? Hey, 
do they love Jesus? Hmm. So it's, yes, do I love Jesus? My own character. Um, what is their own relationship with Jesus? So it's answering different questions like this. <clears throat> Are they a person of character? Yeah. Um, I think something that this was the, no, I mean, should be the number one for followers of Jesus. For followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was, I, I look at Abby and I've recognized in our dating relationship, it was really clear, not just because she went to church, that she really loved Jesus. It was other the other relationships who she was pursuing, the way that she would, um, just how she prioritized her time around her faith, not vice yeah. versa. Mm-hmm. But then also just like there was care. How do you evaluate character? Fruits of the spirit. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. the kindest, most gentle person that I was just able to be around. It was, and I think that's what allowed me to be more free and be myself. But that's aspects of what you're evaluating. Like, do they love Jesus? Where's yeah. their character in Jesus? And then the other one, I think. We got a handful here, but one that I think is really important is how do they do conflict? Mm. I'll sit with couples who, it's two ends of the spectrum. They either fight all the time, there's some couples that do it really well, or they don't fight at all. I don't know, if is there any couple that actually does healthy conflict pre-marriage? Maybe. Okay. I don't know, maybe, but like, yeah. it's not the fact that you have to do conflict perfectly. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You have to know how they do conflict. Yes. So you, you have, have to know, yeah, that's yes. good. That is so good clarification. So for, for my wife yes. and I, we had never had... Yep really an argument before we got married like Mm -hmm. nothing like some very silly like conversations at most no heated tempers at all like we just hadn't had that and someone came up and they're like hey that's a that's a red flag because like (laughs) you you don't know like when she gets mad what is and i was like no 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 i know how what it looks like when she gets mad you know Mm -hmm. because i saw her have conflict with other people with with parents with siblings with friends and so i knew how she handled conflict she knew how i handled conflict and just because we hadn't done it together didn't mean we didn't know so you have to at least have that evaluative process some people say it's good if you and your significant other have a fight or a dispute because then you know that you're willing to work through it you know Mm -hmm. what it looks like that to fight for the relationship instead of fight against each other but as long as i say you know how they handle conflict and you know that they they try in their best to do it the healthy way healthiest way possible that to me is a big evaluative question yeah Mm -hmm. that's super good at the same time like are they willing to forgive others? Forgiveness, yeah. I'd say, yeah, is probably at the top. There's a pastor. He helps run the porch. Um, why am I blanking his name? Help me here. Um, David Marvin. David. Uh, his name's David. His name's David. Uh, <laughs> he, on a podcast I listened to once, said he won't marry a couple unless they have um, forgiven all the people who are in their life. So mm. he sits in premarital and he has couples say, hey, who is someone you haven't forgiven? And if they're able to bring someone to the table and say, hey, this is someone I'm still holding bitterness to, yeah. he says, before our next session, I want you to go to that person and offer them forgiveness and truly start to process mm-hmm. and do that. Because he says, if if you won't, then you're carrying that trait where you're willing to hold bitterness and anger into mm-hmm. marriage. And marriage only works between two people who are willing to forgive each other because you will be hurt by your spouse. They're yep. going to do things that upset you or, or frustrate you or, or wound you in some in some ways. And if you have a tendency towards unforgiveness, if you have a, a habit and a practice where you don't forgive, that's a really, really um, tough thing to bring into marriage. Yep. So I, I think he says it kind of hyperbolically, like he's I don't know if he was like, I will not marry you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but I think it's, it's it's a healthy check. Yeah. 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 Yep. I, mm-hmm. I, I think the family dynamic thing is important. Just yeah. again, it's yeah. not, they have to have a health, come from a healthy background or a healthy yeah. family. It's just a realization. Do you know where they're coming from? Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with Abby's dad 
because she told him what my background was like. Oh yeah. And so he's just like, how are you bring? what are you bringing into, he didn't ask it like this, he asked a lot of questions that got to this, <laughs> how are you bringing into from your family background into this marriage with my daughter? Mm. Like, and mm-hmm. it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, you, you've said on the podcast before, but you didn't come from the, the perfect family or the perfect yeah. mo- marriage model or like you just had some hardship yep. growing up. And so it's, for Abby, it wasn't that, that she had to be marrying into a perfect family. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's something like yeah. you look and for me, I got really lucky. I love my in-laws. You know, mm-hmm. it works great. She loves my family and like we're able to hang out together. And yeah. like, but that's not always the case. Correct. I have some mm-hmm. friends who in-laws like it just, it doesn't yep. work. It's not healthy, but that didn't stop them from getting married. So how do you find that line of where yeah. it's like, oh, I, I ideally I want a family that I can marry into and be a part of, but that might not always be the case. I'm not getting married to her family. Mm. I mean, really, that was the ultimate question she had to re- wrestle with a little bit and understands like she's not getting married to my family. She's getting married to me. Now, co- what, what comes along with that is my family. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we take, but the, the priority is our marriage. Yeah. So we are figuring out how do we, what is the na- dynamic of the relationship with both families? Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. got to figure out both families, good or bad. Yeah. Um, but I would say it's, yeah, don't have, don't have it be a priority that you have to marry someone coming from the ideal family. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're not marrying the family. You're marrying into it, mm-hmm. which isn't real. And there's mm-hmm. relational yeah. dynamics that are real. Mm-hmm. It's just understanding. Yeah. It's just yeah. recognizing it. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Um, another one is, I think it seems obvious, but not a lot of people think about it. Do you enjoy being their friend? Yeah. yeah. Like, are you friends? Can you spend time together yes. and enjoy it? And it, yeah, that, that, I was going to go somewhere. That's, that's, <laughs> no, it's huge. Well, it's like in, in, yeah, so the five love language test. What's that? You, you know it. Come on. <laughs> Gary Chapman, the goat. Uh, I don't know if he's the greatest of all time, but he's he's got some good stuff he out there. Great stuff, great out, stuff there. out there. He uh, he does the five love languages. And when we were dating, we took this, and surprisingly, physical touch was pretty high what? on mine. Really? Yes. Interesting. When we were dating, when Ali and I took it, physical touch was in my top two. <laughs> we got married. Physical touch is not, not in my there. top two. <laughs> And so there was something about our dating relationship where I found her attractive and there was things I was feeling as a, a person that, you know, there, but like if that would have been the way I communicated love and that yeah. would have been this, the core piece of our relationship, then when that fades in me or I don't have that same quite desire, uh, when you're married, it's like, okay, now, now how do we supplement that? Yeah. That's one of the reasons that's one of the, I think the, the best reason uh let me i'm trying to think one of the really good reasons let me not go to such extremes for abstaining from sex prior to marriage is because there's this intimacy that you now have to cultivate through words through connection and through relationship that because you're not cultivating it sexually yeah Mm -hmm. so you abstain sexually from having this depth of your relationship and you have to form it in other ways so that you can get to the point where you you have this this deep relationship where you feel like you're ready to get married and that's friendship yeah i mean that's true authentic mm-hmm. love and then the the sexual piece in marriage gets added and it just adds a, a whole nother a different level a whole nother level of mm-hmm. intimacy and yeah. love and i think of like i'm not married so i can't say this from experience but a lot of life is just doing the mundane mm-hmm. and so a lot of marriage is doing the mundane together yeah so 100%. can you 99 percent a thousand percent you know that's can, what I heard a pastor can say, you though. do the mundane or or can you do you enjoy just sitting and doing nothing together? Yeah. yeah. Like, correct. You know, totally. are you friends? Like I heard a pastor say, you're probably having sex in marriage 1% of the time. And that's, yeah. that's maybe even highballing it. This guy maybe is, <laughs> I don't know. He was saying 1% of the time. So 99% of the time, what you're doing with them is just simply the mundane. Yes. 
And so you better like the 99% yep. too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's Allie good. and I on Sunday did like a puzzle for two hours. And I'm like, <laughs> I need to like her while we're doing that. <laughs> yes. Correct. Like actually enjoy spending time. Oh, yeah. totally. Yep. You know, what happens a lot even is, is couples will, will get married because not a, not a lot of Christian relationships have long dating and engagement periods. Mm-hmm. Some do. Yeah. And there's, we're not saying there yeah. has to be a perfect, there's not a perfect timeline, but it's, it's, if they're shorter, you haven't spent a lot of time maybe potentially cultivating that friendship or you thought you had, mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. get married and all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's, you're doing, you find yourself in a rhythm because you haven't really figured out how to have a conversation with each mm-hmm. other yeah. while spending your own time. So it's like, oh, they'll go to this space and spend mm-hmm. a couple hours there. I'll go over here and like, you don't spend time with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's also when you're forced to, or when you should be, yeah. it's like you don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Mm-hmm. So the friendship thing is huge. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what Timothy Keller's yeah. in his book, The Meaning of Marriage talks about repeatedly is this idea of Christian friendship and the best marriages are between two people who are best friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. in that, say you get into that space and you're like, I don't, I don't necessarily feel about this person in marriage the way I, I felt prior to it. I don't know if we had the, the relationship, the friendship that I thought we had. The answer to that is commitment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the final question that you need to gain in a relationship clarity is, is this person willing to commit and to fight for me for the rest of their life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you can answer that question, all of the other things that will come up, you'll be able to deal with. Yep. You know, every single thing from even a character issue to those, like you can deal with those things if if you're willing to commit to the relationship and fight for it and, Mm -hmm. and, and sacrifice for it and serve one another. Which yeah. and it's it cannot commit to them. Yeah, it's both. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be mutual. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Which is what the covenant is. Mm-hmm. Like we talk a ton about covenant in marriage and the importance of that and how it's a, it's a stat. Like marriage is a relationship. Yes, established by God. It's intended to be permanent. It's it's not just an agreement or a contract between two humans. Literally, the covenant is a declaration before God and to God and to your spouse that I am going to commit to loving you, choosing to love you every single day, no matter what. So when we are pissed at each other <laughs> and when you can't stand being around me, yeah. like me and Abby have experienced for long periods of time, it's no, I go back to the covenant. And I, I, I said I was going to commit because we remember, mm-hmm. even when times mm-hmm. are really hard or difficult, I remember, oh, I know they still love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to, I'm going to remember that and see that. Yeah. And even if faith is hard or struggling or pursuing Jesus is really hard, it's no, we're going to do this together. So the idea of uh, the team idea is so real. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, anytime you find yourself in an uncomfortable, hard situation as humans, we're, we're constantly trying to alleviate suffering and pain. And so if you're in marriage and you find yourself in that hard spot, your natural tendency will be to alleviate suffering and pain. And for some people that's divorce. Yeah. They think this is the option. This is this is the way. Separation and divorce. So that is my way. But like, yeah. there's other ways to alleviate that suffering yes. and pain, and it's fighting for your marriage. Yeah, you mm-hmm. So if you're within the confines of marriage, it's like, okay, this is terrible, but yeah. yet we're gonna figure it out. Yeah, because yeah. that's what it means to submit to the covenant. Yeah. Lastly, the fourth section. I mean, it's kind of like half a section, maybe even that. Uh, are just some practical checks that we would say before to answer the question: Are you willing? Are you ready to get married? We would say these are three things that we think you should think about. Want to yeah. Take one? I will take, I think your future is important. Mm-hmm. Recognizing and having the conversations during your dating just period of, of like, what does the future hold? What do yeah. I want mm-hmm. to do for a career? Do I really want to live somewhere different than where I am now? What is that place? And by having that conversation, what you're doing is you're saying to each other, uh, you're setting up just an expectation of what the future looks like. So if one person wants to be in California and like, I'm going to move to California to live there. And the other person's like, I'm not moving to California. That needs to be talked about. Yeah. 
So it's like you're if all, there's no compromise, then you shouldn't get married. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So your future plans is important. Oh yeah. I mean, even like a lot of people listening are college students, and so where you go to grad school yeah. matters. Mm-hmm. If you can't, if you can't agree on that with your significant other, yep. then maybe that that's a sign of character, honestly, that you're not willing to compromise or yeah. sacrifice for that other person. What would you think? Yeah. Additionally, I mean, an important aspect is: Are you financially stable? Um, so, what is your debt look like? What is income going to look like? Um, are you going to be able to provide for yourself at the very least mm. um, in a marriage? Like, hopefully, it's a dual providing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but where where are you financially, and what steps do you need to take? Yeah. So, I think sometimes, like, if you're like you're college students, so you've probably got debt. (laughs) And that might not be the reason to wait. Like, we're not going to get married until we pay off all our student debt. But what processes do you have in place that you can walk through together? And is there a plan? Like, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's just a sign of maturity, honestly, in some ways. Financial Mm -hmm. maturity. And if you don't have that, you should cultivate it before you get married and then continue to cultivate it as you grow Mm -hmm. together as a couple. Like we were told, given advice (laughs) to, to not get married when we wanted to get married, because I was in debt, mm. because um, we we weren't financially stable, you could argue. Yeah. But we had a plan, which is why then another other advice we got from other people we trusted was, no, you can get married because you have a plan. Like mm-hmm. I worked three part-time jobs our first year of marriage because I was going to make sure that yep. we had a place to stay in food, like the bare yeah. minimums. Yeah. So we had a plan mm-hmm. moving forward to figure well, it out. Well, and even some of it is like my, some people's idea of financial stability is different than others. Oh, yeah. yeah. So- Someone might be sitting, listening, and they're like in their dorm. They're they're living in a college apartment, sleeping on a sleeping bag on the floor, eating Doritos <laughs> for every meal, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm financially stable. I've got zero dollars, but I'm making it every month." Whereas, like, you might be marrying into a relationship where your significant other doesn't want that reality. Yeah, you know. So it's like, what is financial stability? And at least having that mm-hmm. conversation and That's being willing to compromise on those right. things. Right. And the last one that I would add, if you guys have others, you can jump back in. Is just like the season of life matters practically. Mm-hmm. Because we have a lot of college students that listen, one of the questions that we've been asked, and um, there's different opinions, and it's, again, it's not black and white, but is it okay to get married in college? And the answer is yes, it's okay to get married in college, but typically for most couples, it's probably wiser to wait until post-college. Um, reasons for that are like I've just seen firsthand what it looks like to try and wrestle with new community that you're trying to cultivate with your spouse at the same time as old community of friends, that college has this tendency to be more about friends than anything else. They mm-hmm. become your family yep. in college. And so when you're pulled out of that friend group for larger periods of time because you have to invest in your marriage, that will damper your college yep. experience. It'll mm-hmm. damper your college friendships. And so it's not a no, mm-hmm. but if it's like <clears throat> you're a college junior trying to decide if you should get married before your senior year or if you should date one more year and get married right after you graduate, a lot of times I'm going to advise you to wait that extra yeah. year if you guys can. You know, if, you, if you're able to do that and it makes sense for you, that's going to be an advantage to you as you mm-hmm. graduate college, start a new season of life. You get to start that new season of life together rather than trying to get into the mess of the murkiness of your college lives and merging those together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not yeah. black and white, yep. but that's just no, definitely a, not black and white. an opinion that's important. Have. Well, these are these are checks. These are things yeah. to talk about and process mm-hmm. through. Yeah. So there you go. There's, are you ready to get married or not? So I think I am. Ben, ben would love to do all of your weddings as soon as. <laughs> Listen, I, I would actually. I love doing weddings. I yeah, love they're doing fine. No counseling, but I have a boundary set around how many weddings I do a year. <laughs> Same. So Jaina, she would love to do <laughs> licensed. Yeah. Getting so if, if you if you're getting married, let us know. Someone at the church, I'm sure, can do your wedding. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, we love you. Uh, let us know if you have other specific questions. But otherwise, peace out. 
Ciao.